Hey friends, I appreciate you tuning into the Deal Farm Podcast, where I hope you feel at least mildly entertained and possibly even inspired to take big action towards improving your life and your business. On this episode of The Deal Farm, Kevin and I spend some time with Brock Holloman out of Northport, Florida, who has doubled down on an incredibly popular niche right now, the build-to-rent model. Hang around and get the scoop. Kevin, how you doing today? I am doing fantastic. How about you, man? I'm doing great because I'm I look so good with my new camera. I mean, you got you, a nice camera. The folks you, can't see you today; it's just audio. But I got to tell you, the camera, the lighting, the setup—it's pretty sweet. You know how many years I've wanted to set up like a legitimate camera for my Zoom calls, and I finally just bit the bullet and spent the time and figured it out. Yeah, and the, you, uh, the Sony FX3 is not disappointing. It's a nice camera. You got nice lighting. You even got the radio mic going on. It's a, it's a nice setup. I feel like I could start doing some YouTube. I've never wanted to have put it off, but I feel like I've officially got the rig where if we wanted to go the YouTube route, I could do that. Well, you certainly don't want to waste the rig, man. You got the rig. Let's put that to use and, and get something out there on social media or YouTube yeah. or something like that. Is but YouTube even, social Yeah, I guess YouTube is social yeah, media. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess it would. So. Absolutely. Yes, they got the shorts and all that stuff. But I mean, my YouTube, I mean, my, my zoom game is about to go through the roof. I mean, no, nobody's going to be able to touch the zoom game. I know everyone's been jealous of my zoom. I, I regularly get questions yep. of how, what do you got going on there? But yep. I think, you know, having, you know, a, a movie camera as your setup for zoom, you, you've just surpassed everybody. Cause yours is what your phone, right? right? Your, your yeah. iPhone, iPhone just sort of doubles. And I don't know why more people don't do that. Cause it looks freaking amazing. It looks so good. It's being able to connect it to the Zoom, right? To be able to use your phone. But it is the best camera. Unless you got a legit movie camera, then that actually is probably better. There's a new movie that uh, actually just came out to streaming. I actually saw it in the theaters called The Creator. Have you ever seen, have yes. you seen it yet? So, we saw it together. You and I, we went to the theater. No, I forgot you were in Atlanta. Remember? Yeah, we went we and saw that together. We that together. Yeah. And the, so I've already told you that entire movie was shot on the FX3. On the camera that we've got for the business. Yes. How cool is that? Crazy. That is pretty and funny. Here it is, my Zoom camera. I mean, look, look. You know what's funny is I do remember seeing the movie mostly because of the camera, <laughs> but I have a hard time remembering what the movie was about. So it must not have been, uh, yeah, that amazing. Mm-hmm. I dig. Hey, I, speak, like it. I like sci-fi. Speaking of going out to a movie, taking the kids or whatnot, you know what next week is, don't you? You know what's coming up next week? Oh, you you got you got to know Dune. Are you a Dune fan? That's coming out. I no, think. it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day next oh. week, bud. Come on. I thought we were talking about movies. You, you, well, you, you know, switched context on me real fast. It's going out. It's getting out of the house. It's going to new okay. stuff. All right. Okay. I see maybe a movie, that. maybe a dinner. You guys do you do big stuff for Valentine's? You gonna do a dinner and a movie? Mm, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Not, not not not. I'll make something. We'll do something. But with kids and activities, I think I feel like we got baseball and other stuff. So I mean, I'll, I'll do something. Luckily, Anita doesn't have giant expectations to like fight the crowds and do some big meal, but I'll do something for sure. There does come a point when your girls, your daughters get old enough that Valentine's kind of shifts and you really want to make sure it's special for them as well. Right? True. Yep. Well, and I will say this. Anita does a phenomenal job like Easter and Valentine's Day that she yep. showers the kids with stuff. So like for them, it feels like a big holiday. I mean, they're going to yeah. have baskets and boxes and, and all that stuff. So they're way more excited about it than I. I'll, I'll put it that way. 
Nice. Well, you know, I've got little kids. I'm sort of in the stuck. The the two, the older kids are a little old, maybe a little creepy at this point. Not creepy, but just That's would be that. weird. They're a little too old to send them Valentine's. And then the young guys, you know, a 16 month old and a three year old, eh, you know, it, that's easy. Yeah. But I could not find a babysitter for, for Valentine's evening. All the babysitters, they've got plans. There's reservations. So we're actually going to we're going to celebrate a day late. We're going to do one day later. Yep. Talk about the easiest night to get reservations at a nice restaurant. Man, they're all dead the day after thing uh, day after. after. Uh, there you go. That's the way to do it, man. I feel like in, in previous years, we've figured out that fighting the crowds was not worth it. So either we do a nice meal at home or we, we do the day before the day after. I think the day after is the way to go. Day after, man. It's just, it's like going to Disneyland. You know, no, nobody's there, right? I mean, it's, it's nice. That's where, so. That's where I was last week with your daughter, man. She came I know. Virginia had, I, I did talk to her and she was, uh, spoke very highly of her time and had absolute blast. Man, who doesn't like, who doesn't like Florida, you know, when it's disgusting everywhere else? And it was like yes. 70 degrees. The temperature, the weather was perfect. It, I did not want to leave Orlando. I was like, I, especially I, if you can go when the, there's not crowds. Like if you can go there when the crowds aren't, aren't there, that, that's just ideal. Speaking of Florida, Kevin. Tell me. You don't just go to Florida for Disney. You don't just go there for the beaches. You know what else you go there for? The real estate. The real estate. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's for the, the real, real estate, estate and the real estate opportunities. And, and, the, and the guest we have on today. I think has kind of cracked the code a little bit yeah. in terms of where some of the major opportunities are in Florida right now. And he's operating in a market. I mean, early this morning, I could never, I wouldn't even be able to tell you like where it was. I had no idea. Never even heard of this place before, but it's one of the fastest growing markets in the country multiple years in a row. And I'd never even heard of it before. It's pretty amazing. Everyone's wanting to move to Texas and Florida. This guy found himself right in the bullseye and Really is taking advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. It makes me want to jump on an airplane and start looking at some properties and build up a little portfolio down there. I'm telling you what, I think it's time for us to build a portfolio in Florida in this community. I'm in that area. I mean, I started yeah, getting online. Like, I, I mean, it may be potentially even with him because he's got some pretty yeah. phenomenal opportunities. I said we bring him in. Uh, the tease. The tease is just it's, it's tightening. So Let's bring this it's guy so in. It's so good. Let's bring him in. So, Brock, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I'm really Thanks happy to be here. Man, really excited to have you with us today. So we were just talking with Brock um, about the fact that he's basically in Sarasota experiencing, what, 70-degree temperatures today in the middle of winter? Yeah, it's well, it's it's kind of chilly today. It's to the low 70s. So. Rose, that's a tell, that's yeah. rough, man. I don't know how you put up with the low 70s. It 70. is rough today. You got your winter jacket on, I bet. Yeah, no kidding. That's sweater weather outside. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we're up here in like 30-degree weather freezing our tails off. Oh, yeah, man. I can't do that anymore. I'm with you, man. It's like, you know, when you get into February, at least uh, I'm just done. I'm so ready for spring. I mean, I got another probably six weeks here in Atlanta before things start to turn, but I'm over it, man. I'm over the cold and I'm, I'm right where they're with you. It's, I keep counting the days till my last kid goes to college and I can become a snowbird because for three and a half months out of the year, I will be with you in Sarasota. Will you really? hundred percent. Cool, man. Actually, you really thought about Sarasota. Well, Sarasota, Naples, you know, that sort of that southwest corner of Florida. Absolutely. Yeah, there's lots of good spots awesome. along there. Mm -hmm. Find a good good spot, good house to rent for three months and be a snowbird. Absolutely. And hopefully we get both of you guys. <laughs> Kevin, not so much, man. He's got it's like gonna a take one me year a old and a three-year-old at home right now. Yeah, it's going to be a long time before I'm in a DNS. Okay. Well, maybe Southwest Florida is not ready for two Corsinis anyways. That's true. That's probably We'll come visit. How about that? I'll just come visit. Ken can live there six months a year. That sounds go. good. I only need three. A three now, I'm good. Three I can months? get to Christmas. 
after Christmas, I'm gone. We'll see, man. Once you get here, you're probably going to want to extend it. Uh, you probably no Atlanta. Atlanta's great, but you're you know. probably right. First well, time so, I was down in that area was uh, uh, Marco Island. That's not too far from you, right? Just south. No, of no, that's beautiful. Yeah, gorgeous. Now that area got slammed by the hurricane, didn't it? I mean, the Marco Island, Fort Myers—they're all still rebuilding. It did. Yeah, Fort Myers Beach, the worst. Yeah, um, but the funny thing is, like, if you go around there and you notice this as a builder uh, or in construction, any of the new stuff was like beautiful it's like it got pressure washed it looked very clean i mean unless you're talking about right on the beach then they've, yeah. they've got these breakaway walls under the you know the first floor on the new construction those got the breakaway went away but everything up top was beautiful i mean I, if i built my house and i'm on the the beach i wouldn't even worry about it i would stay there for the for the hurricane but i like that kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> Just tough it out. Just cross your fingers. We see it coming. We're like, where's the cone at? We're we're going right to the to the shore. Yeah. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh man. Hey, but you're not originally from Florida, right? You're originally from Memphis? Yeah, Memphis, Memphis boy, right? Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. So t- I guess maybe take us back. How did well how did you get started in real estate and then how'd you find your way to Florida? Yeah, man. So uh back back then, like it was, you know, I was in high school, not not the best student in the world, um, to be truthful. So didn't show up a lot to school. All I know is I wanted to make money. My father was in construction, so you can't really have real estate without construction. I mean, you can have the land and all that, but which is, you know, key, but it's not really as valuable without the construction. So the two really go hand in hand together. And I just remember as a, as a child before high school, just all the time, all every job site out there with them, you know, after school on the weekends, it didn't matter. And then as a, as a child, even as like a little child, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning, my dad heavy in construction background, hollering at me, get up, get up. You got to get up, you know, like a drill sergeant. So it like instilled this thing into me that, you know, I've got this, this little drive, um, but it never worked in school. So back then I had a lawn mowing business, and that was like the Great Depression of real estate. So I was in high school from 08 to, to 2011. Um, I think 09, when I started to be able to drive, is when I had my 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 lawn business. And I didn't just mow like – I wouldn't just go mow you guys' house. I would go to the bank because they had all these vacant properties and get their packages to mow. Oh, heck yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. you know, like you see all these vacant houses and and, you know, obviously there's something going on. Uh, then the prices of these things are are way less than what it costs to build them. And my dad is naturally, you know, not, not we're not we didn't go bankrupt or anything, thank God. Okay, because he was very cautious and and you know sort of saw a little bit of the writing on the wall. But there's there's no uh, secret that if you're a builder back then you're out of business because you can't build something and sell it for a profit. So you know everything was sort of slow. And he's like, man, you should get in, you should look into this real estate stuff. And I don't know if he thought I was going to do it like immediately, um, but I remember he had a speeding ticket and I skipped school one day. I, it's not like I'm telling my parents, hey, I'm skipping school today, right. but I skipped school and I went and looked at this at the foreclosure auction. It was downtown Memphis on the courthouse steps. And then here comes my dad walking up the steps for his court appearance. And oh we're gosh. sitting there, the auction's about to start. He looks at me, does this double take. And I'm like, oh shit. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I, I was a little nervous, but then, you know, that, that night and then the next day and the next few days go by. And I remember him being proud and him I'm here. remember walking in and hearing him 
uh, calling his friends up and bragging, basically, oh, I caught Brock down at the steps today instead of school. Oh, my God. And it, it was just like some confirmation. OK, maybe this is the right path, you know. Um, so that's that's really that's where it kind of started. But it, it really started there with just wholesaling and then worked its way graduating up to what we do now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so curious. Did your dad confront you there on the steps or did he just like he laughed? Give, give you one of these. Th- oh, he did. Really? He laughed. <laughs> it, and was then- a, it was a little like a like a <laughs> like a little chuckle, proud laugh. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious, man. So, yeah, that's you're like, OK, all right, I can get away with this. My dad, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, I'm moving in the right direction. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is better than English or social studies. <laughs> yeah. I was skipping high school, going to water skiing. You're out there buying properties that you got off to an earlier start than we did. Mm-hmm. Well, some days I, I had a hangover, okay, and I would go to the back of the Super 8 motel in my car and take a nap, okay, to be frank. But, you know. <laughs> Kevin did that too. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a little bit more like my senior year, so. <laughs> we have that. We have this stuff in common. So did you start um, immediately then coming out of high school and buying uh, foreclosures in Memphis? Because Memphis, I remember, I knew a bunch of guys in Memphis. Turnkey was the, the thing in Memphis for years, and everybody was buying from the auctions. Did you immediately jump into that? Yeah, we probably we we probably have a lot of mutual relationships in that town. Everybody knows everybody. Um, yeah, I'm sure we do. And yeah, we called. I remember we had a nickname for all the group there because every day is the same people. And I wanted to I wanted to be a group in this group. It didn't matter if I was you know just turning 18 and couldn't grow a mustache or or whatever. I still had the deep voice though. To be honest with you, I had this in like elementary school. <laughs> so, uh, but, but yeah, just. Uh, same group of guys, we called them the A team. Um, but yet at the beginning, I'm on a lawn mowing salary, which, you know, not that great at making like 800 bucks a week, but that's really good for that age. At 18, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. But the grass doesn't grow all the, all the year, uh, in Memphis. So it grows half the year, uh, just like Atlanta. And, you know, so the money wasn't always there, but we would get these deals and we would wholesale them. So what I would do is I would, I would win a, a bid and it would be, it might start with some of the worst houses there, like nine, $10,000 houses and go, go home uh, and get on my computer, go to the public records and see who was buying in these zip codes, who was paying cash. And then internet was, you know, not as good as it is today, but it worked perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it gave you everything you needed, and that's some big advantage that I had, and that, that we probably have compared to you know our our peers. So, just utilizing those tools really really did something. So, call these guys up and be like, I remember the first guy's name was Charles, old man, and he was buying these old houses and keeping them as rentals. And I said, Look, Charles, I got I got a killer deal flow coming in, and I'll let you know. But the problem is, you got to close within two days, you can't close, you know, in 30 days and, and but you're going to be getting killer deals. Charles did it. And I just built a list of people and yep. would keep doing this stuff. Different zip codes would, you know, would be a different thing. And I would let them know if I saw it on the auction schedule, what do you think about this property? And uh, they would say, yeah, or nay. And I'd go in there and try to get it. And I didn't have the cash to buy this stuff. So, you know, it was really sweet talking these, these attorney trustees or whoever's doing the auction to, fudge the rules a little bit for me. You know, if I win the bid you, back then, you didn't have to show up with cash. It's, it was crazy, but there was just so much inventory, so much product that they had to move, I think. Um, but they would give you 24 hours to come drop your cashier's check off at their, their office. And then, you know, they wouldn't go on to the next bidder. If you didn't drop it off in 24 hours, they go to the next guy on the list, mm-hmm. um, which we won't get into all that 
I think that that part might be a little bit illegal um, if you if you play that that game. Um, but they would go to the next guy on the list. But if you could talk to them and become build a little relationship with these auction people, you could say, "Oh, something came up today. Give me one more day. I'll get it to you tomorrow." And and they were fine with it. Um, wow. So that's how it went. And then I would have the buyers send the funds directly to their account. Um, and then they would send me the overage within 30 days back to my address. And little by little, that's, you know, built up that's enough crazy. to get the first one. You yeah. are wholesaling auction houses that you never bought and getting your fee, your wholesale fee built in when they paid the attorney more than what you paid. Uh, yeah. Paid and and getting my wholesale fee paid by the attorney. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine that you can still do that today. I'm sure no, they've closed can't. that loop. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I thought I could do that when I, I, that's why I moved to Florida. I wanted to be here and do it. But it turns out you had to pay cash. Then they moved everything online and you had to show you the cash in the, you know, deposit account. And that's totally different. Yeah. That is hilarious. So you did that for what, a couple of years in during the downturn, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. 11, yeah. Two years, 2011, 2012. As we stacked up or did a little bit more deals, it started to go from wholesale. And now we're going to do some some light rehabs, now some flips and and this and that. Um, somewhere along the way there, I bought my first rental house for $7,200. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And rented it for six fifty, dollars um, and then sold it. Uh, but but came back to Memphis a few years later and the Australian guy I sold it to, they had a tenant turnover and there was a, a demolition sign on there because they had let in some meth dealers. Uh, they were cooking meth in the house. So of course they, they were going to tear the property down. There's some rough houses in Memphis. Even still, it's funny. Kevin and I have a franchisee that's uh, they're trying to come into the system right now and they just need to wholesale this house to get the, their, the, their fee. And, and I took a look at it, took a look at the street. Same thing. They bought it for like, you can still get a $15,000 house in Memphis. Get a $15, oh, you can. Amazingly. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. What's crazy is though, you look within a quarter mile and there's homes going for 150, 200, but like right next door is 12,000, 18,000. I mean, it's, it's definitely hit and miss some of those neighborhoods. It's a rough city. Yeah. You know, it I is, mean, it everything looks, it looks like the best cash flowing market in the entire world on paper. And then when you start getting into the experience part, like we were talking before the show, you don't really know until you dive in and get some experience. And yeah. that's why I got out of there. I mean, it's the tenant quality and, and the, the city in general, the, the mentality is it's, I don't know. I mean, I love it. It's my hometown, but it's just not the, the best market for what I like to do. I get it. Yeah, at some point you're tired of carrying a gun to work every day. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm ready to get out of town. I get it. Well, so, so how did you then decide Florida? What brought you to Florida? I just, you know, being in Memphis, you're, you're four or five or I guess six hour drive from there, you know, as a kid. So anytime there's a, uh, there's a family vacation, that's where we were going. Yeah. And it just, I just remembered like as a kid, like my best, times my most enjoyable moments were in florida so like always growing up i'm like i want to move to florida and um yeah so that was just always my goal and so the first opportunity that i saw i tried it it just you know i failed miserably oh really and where what what part of florida did you go to first i went to orlando first okay yeah and, and what was your what was your strategy there what were you trying to do with real estate yeah the same thing same one yeah, the same thing because it was working. Um, and you know, just I didn't do my research before I just up and moved. Um, I, I didn't even know that the auctions were online. You know, you just you're young and dumb, you're stupid, uh, and you just you just learn from experience, like we said. And, and 
you know, just just got excited. You know, you you start you go from a kid with with nothing, uh, no money in your pocket to now you've and I was so close. I never made it to the hundred grand back then. But I remember seeing ninety nine thousand six hundred and something in my bank account. And I I felt like a, you know, a rich king. And you can't tell me what to do. I'll go anywhere and do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Butt and whatever but you know then you then you fail and then you realize okay maybe i'm not i need i've got a lot to learn here so that's what happened so did you come back to memphis then before you ended up back in florida you came home yeah. tail between I, your legs i was here here for about a year year and a half um during that time my parents came down and visited they 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 always wanted to be here too and they were like, oh, he moved i'm moving back i'm gonna move or not moving back i'm moving down there we're gonna follow him down there so they came down here. Then I failed miserably. That's when I said, uh, but I had a deal that I was working here. It fell apart. And I I put all my eggs in this basket. Oh, Don't man. ever do that. Oh, man. And the deal fell apart. But luckily, it led to just an avenue of this built to rent or I mean, a, a hedge fund that everybody knows now. At the time, they were new um, and they had bought no new product. And the, the market was just starting to turn. They were like, okay, maybe we can try out this new construction stuff. I literally sold them their first build to rent houses that they ever bought. It was American homes for rent. Oh yeah. Yep. And, and now, now they don't buy any build to rent. They've got their own build to rent division and they have their own project managers. They develop their own land. I mean, they're full on. Um, but yeah, we sold them their first, their first few. And I didn't know what I was doing there because uh, I'd never built a house, but my dad did. So I told my dad, I was like, look, let me just, let me, I don't want to say any bad words here. Just let me be your little B word and, you know, just point me around and, and whatever you want me to do to help out, I'll do it. I'll sweep the floors or whatever, but I want to learn how to build. Um, and I've got the buyers already lined up. So turned out we only did three of them and, um, it just, you know, I learned a lot from that. And then other investors, it, it just, it caught more attention, it caught more eyes. I gave them tours of those houses and they wanted me to build a little neighborhood and this and that. And, you know, so. Yep. Yep. And this no. was in Northport where you are now? No, this was in, this was back in Memphis. Okay. Oh, you did. You build the rent was back in Memphis. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. So, so you got a taste of it. It worked and you're like, okay, this, there's something to this build the rent. So did you try to build the business model there in Memphis or you're like, let me go back to Florida and try this model? No, I was still still young and dumb at the time. So like back then, like when you first start, you like get into real estate. Y'all probably had the same feeling like I want to get rich, <laughs> you know, and I want to get rich quick. Yeah. And that's just not the right mentality. Really and isn't. you don't you don't realize that until a while. It, it took me it took me till I was like 25 to really realize this. I'm like, dude, how am I going to get rich? by having by foregoing a fifty thousand dollar profit if i was sold the house and then just keeping it and i got to put more money in the deal and i'm yeah. only going to make 250 dollars a month how is that getting rich yeah. until you start doing the numbers and the math behind it and you're like okay 250 times 100 or times 200 and then you go a rent bump of 25 bucks and your payments stay the same then the math starts making sense and then you know values come up we refinance we've got all this more other other cash tax-free um so it took a while to really realize that so when it was successful with the american homes for rent deal um it just led to more build and sell type of models and other really other people were getting rich off of you know 
our labor or my labor uh, and, and hard work, which, you know, that's just how it goes. Um, so I didn't really get smart until I got down here. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what brought you down to Sarasota then or Northport? Yeah. So Sarasota, we'd actually just started in this, this area about a year ago, a oh, year and okay. a half, or it was uh-huh. about four months before hurricane Ian, the big one that came through recently. Oh, wow. Um, so before that we started over closer to Kissimmee and Orlando area. Okay. Um, and really just kind of learn the model and how the numbers need to work from, uh, how much does the lot need to cost? What's the build cost and what's the rent? Yep. Um, yep that determined if the area even made sense. So those, those were the first layer of filter for the area. Yep. And then secondly, like, is it a growing area and is, you know, is, is investment going to come here or is demographics in good shape and all that kind of stuff. So um, found this area there that were the lots and all the numbers made sense. And then I, you know, I called my dad up and he, we always, before that it was, I was like working for him and I sold the houses. I got a brokerage fee for selling them to that hedge fund. Okay. Yep. Before that, we were always talking about how, oh, we should be in business together. We should be partners or this and that. And I, being a, a kid, you know, wanted to prove myself. I didn't want to be known as, you know, mm-hmm. oh, that's, that's daddy's, boy that you know that's why he is where he is so you know took from 17 18 years old up to 20 i got smart when i was 25 i think 26 years old is when him and i started a partner or a a, a company together um down here and that's when we started over here in in, uh, Kissimmee area gotcha yeah so things just evolved the first year we did five houses the next year we did 19 uh, the next year after that, we did 70 something. Then the wow. year after that, we did 188. And now yeah. last year I got cut in about in half, but probably cause I was just, just too scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. And, sure. you know, I saw all those people go bankrupt in 07, 08 and yep. didn't want to be responsible for that. Especially when my father is there and he's relying on some decision-making I've got, to, I don't want to be known, you know, I don't want to weigh the whole family down. So. Sure. No, you got you got to be responsible and pay attention to what's going on. And some years you got to cut back as an investor or builder, and some years you you double down. So that's that's part of this business, man. So in in Kissimmee, Kissimmee were you were, what were you doing to to source land? And what, just curious, kind of how did the numbers shake out? And even compared to today, because obviously, as, as you well know, build to rent was wildly popular a couple of years ago, but now it's a tricky model just because everything's expensive. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really difficult to make these numbers work now. Um, unless you're, unless you are the builder and, and you're not, you know, hiring some other building company to go throughout it, or if you have the property management company, which we do, um, which, which helps out, you know, all of our investors from a turnkey perspective, but back to on how do we, like when we started, how do we source the land? You know, the first package of lots that we'd got was a package of 22 lots, um, which were $18,000 a piece at the time. Now those same lots trade for 65. Uh, yep. and that wasn't that long ago. Um, but those lots were, I believe those were just the old fashioned way off the MLS and, and wow. not to, not to sound lazy. Okay. Cause that, I, I do think that's sort of a lazy way. You could get a lot of deals up there, but growing up and starting on the, the, the auction side made my brain, just think about all these different creative ways on how to find and source new property. Yep. Um, but the easiest way to get started was that package. Um, so we got that package and got started since then. Yeah. I mean, 
the more the more activity you do in a marketplace, the the more your name appears on those records. And there's other people like me, like I was saying, that are looking up those records, as you all know. And they start to call you and they're they're wholesaling you deals and they're bringing you deals. So that's one source. Another source is um, since I've got a you know my broker license down here, we got all the tools for Florida realtors. So I can go in there and filter a, a, a beautiful list based off of you know subdivision code, um, who if it, it's a vacant land, um, out of town owner, all this kind of stuff, build a beautiful spreadsheet, give it to my people, let them give us all the contacts and numbers in there plug it in our CRM, do the text campaigns, do the call campaigns on, you know, phone burner and all that kind of stuff and and get deals that way. And that's that definitely is the most successful way. It's just I know it's a lot of energy and and stuff that goes into that. Um, so just to be frank, we're not doing that uh, every single day. But when we're in a dire strait and we need product and the, the, it's not on the MLS and there's not enough, then we, we just flip the switch and get to work on it. So. Yeah. Well, and you're probably taking down big packages too. It's like you knock down 40 lots. It's like, okay, I'm good here for a minute. You know, you probably take your foot off the gas a little bit. I would love to say yes. Um, but the, the reality is like these areas that we're in, I know before the show started, I talked about that deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but the areas that we're in are, are all infill areas. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I say all, not all. So like there's a couple outliers where it's an actual subdivision. Um, but for the most part, our volume comes from these infill areas and all these 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 lots were sold to to these these northerner people or like the new yorkers or californians in the 80s or the 70s and they've been holding them for all these years as like their piece of gold and it's like so many you go on a street right now and there might be 100 lots here there there's probably 90 different owners you know for these lots so it's it's a lot of work uh, yeah 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 I wish it was more package related, but I would love to get into that that side. It's just having the pockets to compete with the people that are that are looking for that stuff because yeah. you know the, the the hotter the markets, the the more money that's in there. So I mean, we're going against publicly traded companies to compete, even on these infill lots. Dr. Horton, LGI, Taylor Moore, all these guys are are buying the same exact product. So oh my gosh. And are and they're I guess they're building to just sell retail, right? Some of the, the the bigger boys are, or are they also trying to build the rent? Yeah, yeah. You start over the past few years, you've definitely seen them come into the build the rent. Dr. Horton, especially, not so much on the infill lots. Um, they've actually got a lot of build to rent communities where they where they've got where they've actually got the model. It looks exactly like their build to sale community. Yep. But the 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 model home is now leasing instead of now for sale or now selling or selling. And there's a leasing agent in there. And the, the premium on these properties is pretty high. Like if you go right outside the neighborhood, the same house, might you might be able to get it for 2200 You come in there, you get the fence, you get the free landscaping and all that. And the community feel of a brand new community. And they're going to charge you 2600 And that's just how it is. And I know it's probably because they got to make the deals underwrite because sure. their model is to get these occupied for two to three years and then sell them to a fund. Yeah. Yeah. Um, LGI, I've noticed a lot because we we've done a lot of business with with Main Street Renewal, the hedge fund, mm -hmm. uh, where LGI actually they they've got a they had a contract over the last couple of years to take down like a hundred in each area of these uh, build to rent houses that they build. So definitely, definitely, these other national guys are are definitely in the game. I, but I don't, the one thing that they don't do that we do differently 
is they don't actually keep them, which I think is crazy. I mean, they could afford to pay higher dividends and boost their share price if they were to, you know, set aside a division of their company that actually kept these things, wrote, wrote their taxes off from their build to sale. Cause that's what I, I'm, that's what I love about these going hand in hand. So, yep. Yep. Well, so just for, for you personally, then you're, you're building and holding or building and selling or what, or what's the percentage of each that you're doing? Yeah. So, so definitely in 2000, I mean, 2019, 2020, those were the, like the most prime favorable conditions to, to hold them. Yeah. So our percentage to to build and hold then was was like north of fifty percent. Wow. Uh, and now, um, now it's low. So last year, very low. Like last year, we we built around a, somewhere around a hundred. Uh, I should know the exact number, but then we only kept eight, seven or eight. So it was yeah. a very low percentage. Um, but profit has gone down a lot on yep. the build side and then rates have gone up a lot and i'm naturally although I've, i love risk uh, i'm naturally conservative when it comes to keeping these properties because i just the time of of, of life or, that i grew up where everybody was losing everything in real estate i don't i will never want that to be me so whatever i can do to make sure that these payments or the numbers work for forever for the yeah. life of the 30-year loan like none of my stuff's on a five-year, none of it's on a seven, 10-year interest only. It's all 30-year fixed commercial debt, DSCR loans. Nice. No Fannie Freddie. And and um, and I'm I'm totally fine with that. I just think it's totally it's like cruise control. You know, you're not gonna you don't have to worry about losing anything. I don't have to worry about rates going up. Like right now, I'd be I'd be scared as hell if I had to refinance. Oh, you know? Yeah, all these guys holding this commercial debt that's all adjusting right now. And I, I guarantee there's some guys struggling to sleep at night right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's going to be, yeah. And it's, it's sad to say, but I, I mean, probably a, a high suicide rate over the next year with that kind of stuff back in the day. It's, oh, it's I, I know that sounds nasty, man, but I, I, I knew people back then because, you know, it's just nuts and you feel like everything's going great for you and you can't be stopped. And then all of a sudden you run into a brick wall and, and everybody that they've raised money from, is going to go down with, and it's, I couldn't imagine that feeling. I, the last thing I want to do is put me or my family or any of our investors in that kind of situation. So, sure. yeah, we'll talk for a second then. So you, you're selling most of what you're building or you have over the last year. Or so how do those numbers pencil out? Cause you're obviously building and being, you're building enough profit in for yourself to make it make sense. But then also your investors have to be able to buy, get capital and cash flow. I'd imagine. Right. So what do those numbers look like today? Yeah. Um, so, their numbers, we, I, I would never be able to sell anything that I didn't recommend buying for myself. And when I get on a sales call with an investor that maybe wants to purchase something, it, it's like the most difficult thing. I, I wouldn't even do it if, uh, if I didn't believe in the product. And it goes down to show that I do believe in it just by the fact that I'm keeping them. Now, the fact that the volume goes down maybe contradicts that, but it's not because of that. It's because I'm trying to at the same time, we have to be profitable as a construction company, mm -hmm. but we can't sit in one spot and stay in neutral either. We yeah, have to yeah. we have to expand. So I have to put some of that back in there to buy more volume lots yep. and hire more yeah. people and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, or I would keep every single one of them, guys. But um, for these investors that do buy from us right now, it is difficult. Like I said, it's hard to do it as even as a builder and operator where we're getting things at cost plus overhead. Um, to make these numbers work out. So what we've done in the past year and a half, two years, 
we've went from only managing our properties in-house, just our properties, to now we had so many investors that loved our construction process and, and all that, that they kept begging, what, what, are you going to open a property management company? You've got your own. Can you not manage ours? Blah, blah, blah. And I kept saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> so finally we said yes. So that side, we were able to now manage them for them, which helps them out tremendously. It, it's not going to show up on the pro forma as far as what a good manager can do, as well as what a manager can do that, that was involved into the build process because I know everything that went into the house. So if something breaks, it's, it's easy to fix Yep. and you know who installed it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but on the other side, we can build, we can take a little hit on our profit from the construction company and I can pay that to the management company and be able to offer free property management for our investors for the first couple of years. Oh, wow. While, while rates are elevated. Yeah. And, and that, uh, because they will come back down. I mean, you see the trend yeah. line oh, yeah. and we were talking sure. about that before that it's impossible that they don't, because if, if not, I mean, the country is done, is done for. So they're the one that has the most debt. It's killing them the worst. Yeah. Um, so it's a matter of time. So if we can add enough time to the equation on this investment horizon that any of these investors have, that is going to make the, the investment, you know, be bulletproof in my opinion and enough time added to any real estate investment is going to guarantee success if you're in the right location right mm -hmm. which we choose these areas i know before the show started like northport fastest growing city in the entire country yep number one and number two Crazy. it has been over the past few wow. years and these type of areas including i mean Kissimmee, orlando you can't turn the news on even today for the last few years without hearing Florida and Texas just blowing up. Everybody's moving there. Everybody wants to be there. And uh, and rightfully so. I mean, it's it used to be cheap, cheap, cheap. And it still is cheap compared to some of these other areas. But prices have definitely come up. Um, but, you know, there's we've got cheap property taxes compared to Texas. Um, and we've got no income tax, no just income like tax. Texas. Yeah, that's huge. But one big thing, I, and not to veer off topic here, okay, but one big thing that I like about Florida over Texas is Texas has so much land. And Florida, we've got a limited amount of land if, if you're looking at square footage. But if you really dig in, like a lot of the state is swampland. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, it might look like we've got a lot of land on, on the map, but there's, there's really these only these little cutout sections to build in. I mean, look at what happened to Miami. It runs out of land and look at the prices there, you yeah. know, and everything's up. Everything's going yeah. straight up now. They just get high rises everywhere. Right. Because land uh, premium. Yeah. But yeah, so back to those guys on their numbers, right? So yeah, the, we do, we do the free property management for two years. And okay. on top of that, I, I, I've got like this, I do a, a rent range on our pro forma. You've got a low rent, you've got a high rent and it's weird. I might have the same house next to the same house. One of them will get 27. One might get 25, 50. Yep. So what I do for them as well for the first two years is I guarantee my high rent. Okay. Uh, yep. So if I get you twenty five fifty instead of twenty seven hundred, yep. as soon as I sign a lease uh, or we sign the lease with the tenants, we send over a credit to that investor. It's going to be twenty four months times one hundred and fifty bucks, so thirty six hundred dollars there. Twenty four months times management fee, and it's all right up front. So it makes them feel you know like they're off to a good start, which totally. they should feel like. Yeah. And then where are they getting their debt from? Are they financing from a local bank or what are you doing for them? 
Yeah. So, I mean, we, our preferred lenders, um, we've got, we've got a couple guys down here, you know, one of the guys in, in Dallas, another guy in Vegas, but they're, we like, we like people that are used to working with investors um, because it's, it's just a, it's just a different language and sure. yep. uh, it's a different set of criteria. And, and so people that are very experienced with that, which we've done a lot of deal flow with these guys um, maybe they're not totally local, but they, they're also, they've got a variety of products. So they're going to, if you've got less than 10 loans, then obviously you're going to qualify for these more conventional products, the Fannie Freddie loans, where you're going to get a little discount on the rate and all that. And the terms are more favorable, but for our other guys that have more than 10, uh, you know, you've got to go the DSCR route, which you add a little bit onto the rate or whatever, but hell, at least you can still get and add properties to your portfolio with, 30-year debt. Totally. You know? Yeah. And that's way more available today. We actually have it. We have a hard money lending business called Red Capital. It's way more available today than it was, you know, during the downturn. It was real hard to come by anything other than Fannie and Freddie. And, and that was stringent. So yeah, that's there's a lot of places, a lot of shops that offer that now. So um so question, are they are they cash flowing then? Even, you know, so with the free property management and you know, you covering the rent if they're a little bit low. What are you selling them for? What are, what are the rents? So you said about twenty seven hundred. And what's that house cost now in Florida? Brand new. That house for an investor price is going to be at three eighty. Three eighty. Gotcha. Yep. And it's okay. crazy to even think that me as a kid, like three eighty for an investment property. You know. I know, right? Look, yeah. look at yeah. California. But that same house, I'll sell at retail. We've got appraisals on that that product uh, early December. So what two months ago, coming in for our last batch of construction loans. 425 to 435. Wow. Our retail price on that is, is, um, I'm, like I said, I'm a little bit more conservative. I sell so little percentage retail too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're at like 410 to 420 on that, that deal. Yeah. Um, for a retail price. So there's, there's nice equity built in, even though you're buying brand new, cause there's a lot of, you know, you wouldn't expect to have equity built in on a new product. Yeah. Cause you've yeah. got no repair bills. You've got, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's not and so even and they're getting interest rates of probably eight, nine, somewhere in there. No, actually no. Um, so they're getting they're getting rates six high sixes when wow. you're when you're dealing with Fannie Freddie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. I've got um my most recent my most recent deals were at seven and an eighth. Okay. Um, and that was in and I would, I think they've come down from there. They're the same guys. I just got them quoted th this week. I think they're at six, eight, five or something, but at the same, or six, six, five. But at the same time, my, my LTV, I'm, I'm going with a uh, 35% down on my own product. Yep. The, the, you know, our investors are, are typically, it, it depends on people's appetite. I, I, I like the cash flow right off the beginning. And sure. like I said, a more conservative route. So I'll, I'll put more down. And that's why I've kept less over the past year, yep. two years. Um, but majority of our people are putting down 20 to 25%. Okay. All right. And realistically, I mean, they can, they should be able to refi in short order and recognize the equity and probably get a better interest rate as rates come down. Definitely. And one of our lenders actually is doing in the first 13 months, which is incredible. Okay. But it's only on the Fannie Freddie loans. They're doing a free refinance in the first 13 months. Nice. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's that was really cool to hear. Yeah, heck, you pull a little bit of your cash back out. That's fantastic. I tried to get them, but they wouldn't let me get them because they you had to get the you know the ten or the yeah. under the ten. Um, the ten first. 
What an interesting. So I'm just. So what do you see in terms of future for build to rent and you in Florida? Where do you see Where do you see this model going? Yeah, I mean, as prices get more elevated, it definitely becomes it becomes more difficult to do this at at a at a volume pace. I mean, you unless you're comfortable with with stomaching, you know, buying on or investing on appreciation anticipation instead of just cash flow. Yep. Um, but I, I think once we get rates come if rates can come back down to around six, I think the the floodgates just completely open. Because yep. everything, all these numbers start penciling out again without any of these incentives, without the property management, without the rent gaps or anything like that. Right. I think that also puts a lot less stress on consumer pockets, people that are buying, you know, that have credit card debt, which is at an all time high right now. People that are buying a new car where their payments are up and all this kind of stuff, which I think that when that eases that, I think rental rates can also start to maybe just come back to normal appreciation yep. instead of way up and then a dip and then flat. And then like a big question mark is what it's exactly. like. Exactly. Right. Right. But, but we all know, I mean, you had enough time to the horizon where those are going. Yeah. I mean, you had 10 years from now, I wouldn't be surprised to see these going for, you know, four grand a month, you know, I mean, yep. it, it just is what it is. Um, historical trends, right. Just look over the last 10, 15, 20 years and see what rental rates have done and what prices have done and pencil it out, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what it's, it's hard to say what happens, you know, build to rent model 10 years from now, so many different market conditions can, can, can make that change. Um, but it's a, it's a good strategy for now. And we're going to, we're going to ride it till the wheels fall off. I'll tell you that. There you go. I love it. All right. So somebody's listening to this and they're like, man, I want to get a piece of Florida. I want to come down to Sarasota and Northport and buy one of these houses. How do they find you? Yeah, I mean, you can you can go. We, I'd love it uh, if you followed me on social media. Okay, I'm at, at follow.brock on Instagram. That's where I'm probably the most active. So if you shot me a message there, that's where you're going to be able to get the the quickest response out of me. Nice. Um, if you want to see our inventory stuff and and check out our product, go to mynewrental.com. Oh, cool. Uh, mynewrental.com slash invest, and we've got a form on there, and one of our sales guys. And I will get on a call with you and just kind of fill you out, see where you're at in this journey. Um, and man, we love we love meeting new people. We've our biggest source of, of of new investors right now is repeat business. So that really goes a long ways and says that we treat people the right way and treat their investments with respect, not just the people, and make sure that they perform, you know, as prime as we say they should. Yep. So we treat other people's investments just like I treat my investments. So there's no difference in that. So yeah, mineyrental.com forward slash invest. If you're not even ready to invest, I mean, go to mineyrental.com and just look in, and see the type of product that we're building. I mean, it's it really does. It's exciting and, and it looks sexy and cool. And it's it's like fun to invest in. It's something that you, you know, you're out to dinner with your friends and you're like, look at what I've invested in, you know, instead of, you know, some of these products like where, where I, I remember growing up in Memphis. So I remember. Yeah. <laughs> slightly different, slightly different, yeah. different product. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, again, so it's at follow.brock on the socials and mynewrental.com forward slash invest. Brock, man, thanks so much for coming on today. This was fantastic. Really appreciate it. Man, thank you guys. I really appreciate y'all. Thanks for the time. All right. Yeah. Talk soon. See you, buddy. Bye. Wow. Love that. What a great time. Right? Are you sold? You want to fly to Florida like next week? When do you want to go down? You know, it's it's amazing. This guy 
right? Not even out of high school. Like he gets steps into real estate early on, has all kinds of setbacks and has found himself, you know, through the years, figured it out. I want to go to Florida to meet this guy. Yeah. He was just, he was a cool dude. I like all around like Brock, but I also want to kind of see what he's doing and like, see if there's, yeah. maybe it makes sense to pick up some new construction houses down there. I mean, it, yeah. And you know, 10 years from now that there's going to be oh. some equity in those houses. You just know there is, there's no way. He's sitting not. at the gold mine. Yeah, absolutely. The gold mine down there is you think about the growth, how much of the country right now is relocating to Florida and he's in a community where you can still buy property so cheap. It's just crazy. The price points. Yeah. And build cheap. It's not, I mean, even here in Atlanta, North Atlanta, it's not cheap to build down yeah. there. These little simple ranches flat, you know, you've already got utility. It's, it's simple. It's, it's straightforward. He's yep. building them at an affordable price. I know. Hey, we got a franchisee just south of him, a couple just north of him. I mean, I say we make it a business trip, go visit some of our folks and then go look at some properties. I'm down. And hey, let's do it while it's still cold here. Yes, no kidding. Let's go get some warm, warm weather down there. That sounds like an April trip to me. No, 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 no. That sounds like a March trip, Kevin. March, March. I think we already got some dates in March, don't we, that we were thinking about going? Do we? I don't know. Let's do it. I don't know. Sounds like a good March date. Though. I'm, I'm thinking March is our Florida trip. Yeah. Um, I propose we do this again next week. I think we should as well. Now, next week, if I, if my if my math is right, if we're doing this Wednesday, that's Valentine's Day. So we're up, man. It's coming. Good to know. I think it's good next to week. know. Isn't it? I didn't Isn't realize it was Wednesday? Wednesday. Is that right? Well, today's the seventh. So yeah, next Wednesday, fourteenth. Yeah. All right, all right. Pressure's on. Got a week to figure this out. Then something figure awesome out. and romantic, some big gesture. Yes. Yes, we well, let's both try to, to treat our brides well next week. Yep. And everybody listening, you do the same. Yeah, don't forget. Next Wednesday, folks. All right, Kevin. Talk to you in a week. Have a good week. Talk to you soon. See you, man. Friends, thanks so much for making it all the way to the end of today's podcast. If you or possibly a friend has any interest in learning more about real estate investing or opportunities with Red Barn Home Buyers, take a minute and head on over to redbarnhomes.com and check out our investors page or our franchise page, or just drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm. Hey friends, just a final thought before you check out. You know, so many of us are going 100 miles an hour through life. We're weighed down by stress or worry or even that haunting feeling of emptiness. But it doesn't have to be that way. I've actually put together a quick resource at faithcrossroad.com where I share just a little bit about the faith that gives me hope and purpose and identity. And I'd love to share it with you. Again, faithcrossroad.com.